Money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success. Others use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it, and how to grow it. This is Tilly Money. Our guests today are Jess and Steph Dayton, founders of How to Live and Twoobs. The Melbourne-based sister duo started a fashionable blog, How to Live, in July 2012 that took off, leading them to their next adventure of launching their own footwear business, Twoobs. Twoobs is vegan and PETA-approved, aligning with their passion for animal welfare. Jess and Steph have created a first-of-its-kind recycle program where they take back old shoes and turn them into playground mats, as well as reduce and offset their carbon emissions. Jess and Steph, welcome to the Tilly Money podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're very excited. Oh, well, I'm also excited as well because you're the first time that we've had two for one on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And also, I believe you're sisters as well. So... We sure are sisters, yeah. Okay. Are you for us. No, we're not twins. We do. We look a lot alike, or we it did is. until a couple months ago, and just decided to chop all her hair off. So this is new that you can actually tell us apart now yeah. by our different hair lengths, not oh, okay. by our voices, though. Okay, so which one's first be born before the other? So who's the oldest? Oh, so I'm actually five years older than Jess. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So not twins, but sisters, very close, and we get to work together. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Fantastic. You're getting to work together, but you're also in different locations. Now, I picked your spot, Steph, instantly because you've got a big surfboard there in a blue and white striped cover. So I did <laughs> have someone tell me that you're in Byron, but it was a pretty big giveaway that you're on the coast somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't even use it. It's just decorative so people know instantly that we're in Byron. <laughs> Which is a good thing to be. Byron has great appeal to most people, not only in Australia either. You know, Byron Bay is um, it's the it place. I know we've been pretty lucky through lockdown getting to kind of go back to the old Byron. People were saying this is what it used to be like like 20 years ago that hasn't been this quiet in such a long time. Mm. It was kind of nice, but also now excited that all our friends and family can come visit us here as well. Yeah, that's great. It's good. Now, Jess, meanwhile, you're further south, further south than even where I am today, which is in Sydney. You're down, I believe you're around Richmond in um, just in Melbourne. I am, yeah. So we have an office in Melbourne. Um, in Richmond which we have not used in about two years and I'm actually not there right now I'm sitting on my bedroom floor um, oh in yeah. Windsor so very close by but yeah I am also really excited to get back to the office and get back to seeing our team and real human beings with real bodies not just floating faces on my screen yeah that could be avatars really you know and they turn and half of them disappear into the um the zoom screen behind them or something that's a bit freaky but I'm with you on that <laughs> good to see people and uh but let's now i'm thinking to myself jess you're in melbourne uh you're in byron steph but you run a business so it kind of tells me already a bit about the type of business you run but that business is called how 
to live, and that's T-double-O, which I presume is kind of based originally on Jess and Steph. Um, sure. And then you've also got TWOBS. Take us through what those businesses do and are they online? Do they have a retail presence? Over to one or both of you. Sure. We're, we're pretty good at tag teaming. So I'll take the how to live part because that's actually what we started first. And it was a blog that the two of us started together in 2012. And it actually started because Steph and I had always lived at home up until that point. And we share a love of fashion. We have a very similar style, not just similar looks. Mm -hmm. and we're the same size in basically everything including shoes mm -hmm. so it means that we always shared a wardrobe and so Steph had decided to move to Paris for six months and we were going to be separated for the first time for the longest amount of time we'd ever been separated sisters but also our wardrobe was going to be separated and so mm -hmm. we thought it would be fun if together we started a blog where we spoke to each other and we treated it like a daily diary. So every day one of us would hop on there and I'd type in, hey, Steph, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm wearing, like miss you. And really quite quickly, things started to snowball and mm. we started to gain this following of people. We're talking like way pre-Instagram days. Mm. So it was all very organic and we were really one of the first big blogs in Australia and so it meant that lots of brands wanted to work with us within the first six months and we were really able to turn this side hustle being blogging and then I don't even think side hustle was really a term mm. into full-time jobs for the two of us so that was kind of how we started in fashion and definitely how we started together as well mm. yeah what are you going to add Steph so I guess I'll take on, on the tube side of things and how that kind of came out of How to Live. So when we were running How to Live, we were really lucky that we we're able to go to a lot of fashion weeks all over the world, in New York, in Paris. We would wear these crazy high platforms and we had these massive blisters on our feet all the time because, you know, women's shoes are traditionally quite uncomfortable. And it was actually following a collaboration that we did through How to Live with Windsor Smith, um, the shoe brand that went so, so well, that we were like, hey, what about if we made our own shoes? We've built this incredible following. So we have this engaged audience and we were working with other brands at the time to promote their wares. And we were like, we could create our own brand and we could create shoes that look really cool and are beautiful, but are also super comfortable because why should women have to walk around in uncomfortable shoes all the time? Mm. So Jess and I had no idea what we were doing. We, would, we had never designed shoes. Jess had studied fashion textile merchandising, so the fashion business side of things, and I'd done professional communication both at RMIT. Uh, so I was kind of the, the communication side of things, but we really didn't know how to make shoes. So we went on this whole journey where we would reach out to anybody we knew and ask them to help us explain what shoes are, how do you make them. We had an acquaintance from the US take us over to China and he let us meet him there and he introduced us to all his suppliers. And we really went on this journey of discovering how do you build a, a brand from the ground up. And I think that I was speaking to uh, our COO earlier today and we were talking about the idea of management and how a manager can help somebody grow. 
And I said to her, I never really had a manager. You know, Jess was 19 and I was 23 or 24 when we started How to Live. And I think that being on the job and running the business, that was our greatest teacher because we just went out there and did it and we had to figure it out. And so we really just created it as we went and we decided to build this direct-to-consumer brand of shoes that were also vegan, animal-friendly because we love animals. And a lot of the business has just been built on grit and gut. Mm. That's a typical small business startup story, as you're saying, you know, that you were kind of doing everything, the idea of having a manager, well, it was your business and you were growing it. Um, But take us through more of, you started How to Live um, in 2012 and then kind of eventuated. So How to Live is still going. So How to Live, we were very much front and centre in in the camera, in front of the cameras, and then also with our podcast that we eventually started. And it was wonderful and amazing, but we really craved being behind the camera and having a different kind of creative outlet. That was why we really started Tubes. And so as Tubes has kind of grown and grown, I think it's been taking up more and more of us and, you know, at different moments when we've been trying to do them both equally, we've been spread really thin. So recently, actually, we took a pause on how to live the podcast and Mm -hmm. we decided to rather put all of our efforts towards Tubes. Mm -hmm. Um, She's very demanding Tubes. (laughs) She wants all the attention. All of this, yeah. But we've actually, um, because we enjoy speaking so much and we loved running the podcast, we've decided to start a Tube-specific podcast and it's called Hey Tubes. And the focus is really on sustainable fashion, which is where our passion really lies and what we're really doing with Tubes. Our footwear is super environmentally focused. And so we're going to be exploring different topics through podcasts still, but under Tubes rather than under How to Live. Okay. So Twoobs is the focus now. That's the real baby. Yeah. Um, it's You're saying it's vegan and PETA approved. Um, vegan, I understand. Take us through, I think most people would, PETA approved. What does that? So PETA stands for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Mm-hmm. It's an organisation based in LA, founded by an incredible woman called Ingrid Newkirk, who is a fighter and lover of the animals and they have become globally known as quite a controversial um, brand who really fight in radical ways for animals. We had the privilege of spending some time with Ingrid Newkirk. We interviewed her for How to Live the Podcast a couple of years ago in LA and we went to a day that they have for all their members uh, every six months or so and we were able to really hear all the incredible work that they do to really shift the narrative and and to increase veganism over the last, uh, you know, number of decades that they've been working. And we were just totally blown away by the work that they do. And things like, you know, when you see McDonald's now has a vegan option on the menu, Peter's been really instrumental in making those kinds of things happen. Okay, no, it sounds great. But why would shoes, and this is, I understand, you know, what vegan is, why would shoes get be vegan approved? Take us through that. Sure. So when we started Tubes, it was 2016. And 
the shoes were always vegan, but we didn't actually tell people that it wasn't really customer facing to begin with. And probably because of this question that you're asking, you know, people didn't really understand how shoes could be vegan. I think people associated vegan strictly with a diet. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, what it means is that no animals were harmed in the making of, we say no animals were harmed in the making of this fashion statement. So things like leather, things like fur, um, even there's animal rennet in most glues that are used in fashion, just like lots of little things that are being put in our clothing without us necessarily even knowing or meaning for it to be. So mm. that's why we were excited to make our shoes vegan because it's definitely not being done enough. Although now so many years later, luckily it is being done a lot more, but also because we really believe that animals shouldn't be brought into the fashion conversation and yeah, we're, we're really proud to have been pioneers in that and to keep seeing more and more brands jump on the movement. Okay, and- that's really interesting. I'm glad I asked that. So the shoes then, they are made from recycled product and you tell, tell us about how the shoes are made. So we know that there was no animal involved, no harm to animals, okay. But so how are the shoes made then? So- so at first, when we were making the shoes, we were just going to the markets in China. Jess and I usually pre-COVID would go twice a year ourselves, the two of us. We kind of we had a lot of fun there and we loved our suppliers and they would take us to the markets and we would go and we would find PU um, and EVA. So things that were made from plastics mainly uh, because there weren't that many alternatives to animal products. And mm-hmm. so we were just using what was available. And then when COVID hit a couple of years ago, it really gave us the opportunity to stand back and look at our business. And the environment was something we were becoming increasingly more conscious of as we all are with climate change going on all around us. And we just hit this point where it was COVID, our sales went to zero, and we got the opportunity to really review our business and what we're passionate about and reassess whether our values are in line with our business and we really decided that they weren't as it was sitting so we decided to cancel our 22 piece collection that we had planned for later that year and we redesigned the way that we create our shoes we went out in search of better materials and so we relaunched our collection made from recycled materials so things like recycled plastics recycled fishing nets and plastic bottles they create that into lycra so we were already using lycra but now we use lycra that's made from 80 percent recycled materials Mm. um and then that was kind of phase one and and as we're going on now jess has kind of started to head up our sustainability and it's become something that's super important to us and at the heart of our business and we really believe that we have the power to shift the fashion industry which is one of the top contributors to the climate crisis we believe that through changing our practices but also educating consumers and educating other brands we really have a responsibility and an ability to change the way that fashion is being created and come up with solutions for this climate crisis rather than contributing to it Hmm. i understand what you're saying both of you steph and jess um we publish, my company Switzer publishes a magazine that I'm sure you know very well called Harper's Bazaar. 
and uh, and there is a growing consciousness about you know the sustainability um, of of fashion. So and so I won't say things like you're on trend or you're working in the right area because obviously this is very dear to both your hearts as well. This is something that you you believe in. Is that correct? You know that it's not just you found a niche. You found something that this is the way you want to be in business because you believe it's the way, you know, businesses work in harmony with nature and et cetera. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely, definitely comes from a deep passion. And I think what we're excited about is that it also does seem to be the trending thing and the way that the world is going. I think that with tubes, you know, we actually discussed at that point that Steph was talking about at the beginning of COVID when we realized our business wasn't really aligned with our values should we close like is the best decision for the environment to actually close our business and what we came to was that tubes as an influential power to really create a business that was successful in its own right that paired profit with purpose if we could use that as a case study to show other businesses because we know that you know, these massive conglomerates, they're not being like, guys, but what about nature? Come on, can't mm -hmm. we all just hug and get along, which is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But but we do know that, you know, if they see that the numbers actually do add up, that this makes, this is good for their business and it makes good business decisions, then they'll also come along for the journey. So like, mm -hmm. yes, people that are passionate, sincerely, yes, also to the people that are following the trends, like we are all for all of it. Mm. No, I hear you. Um, so it is something obviously very innate and very you're very passionate about. Can you make a living out of it? Like that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so take us through the business story now. So it's actually been super interesting because when we did decide to go on this environmental pivot, like just said, we were also prepared to close the business. We weren't coming at it from a we can make more money this way kind of angle. We were like, let's do what's going to be best for the environment. So it really was made with pure intentions. And we were really nervous because our customers had come to know and love us over many years for these really fun and colorful and out there shoes. We'd done a collaboration with Gorman in our first year that went so, so well. So we had a lot of customers who loved frills, who loved metallics, who really loved to have fun with their fashion. And that's what we were known for from How to Live as well. So that was really a large piece of our audience. So we were making this decision knowing that could, it could well and truly just crash and burn, but we were just doing it based on gut feel and, and knowing that this is what we had to do in order to feel good about what we were doing, which is a really important element of our work to us is being passionate about it and having it aligned with our values. And that's what keeps us happy in our, in our work. And so when we did have that relaunch, we were really nervous to show people that we'd paired back everything. We hadn't found a way yet to create those frills and all those trims in an environmentally friendly way. And we really just went back to basics. We also were thinking about things like longevity and not having so much seasonality because those things also aren't sustainable. And so we launched this collection of about eight pairs of basic Lycra shoes and we waited and we were so nervous. And what we've actually seen is that our sales have skyrocketed 
We grew like 5,000 Instagram followers in those first couple of months after the relaunch. Um, we've grown so much that we've gone from a team of four to now just having hired a few months ago a COO who's building out our team. Um, we've never been in such a great position growth-wise and it came as such a surprise to us. But in hindsight, we really see that this is what people want now. Like people do want to be shopping their values. People care about the environment. And so it's not only a really amazing thing that you can feel good in what you're doing, but it's also a smart business decision for people to be seeing the planet as a key stakeholder in their business. Because without the planet, there is no business. And people know that. Jess, I want to throw to you because I feel like you have something you're dying to say. I am. I'm like, throw to me, throw to me. Yeah, well, and I just wanted to add to that as well. Like at the very basic level, if you take our sales from 2020 and then you compare them to 2021. So just to just to jog everyone's memory, for majority of last year, we were in lockdown, especially here in Victoria, which is where about 50% of our customers are. We were in lockdown and so no one was buying shoes. No one was going anywhere. Why would anyone be buying shoes? Everyone was terrified and we, we literally saw crickets in our sales. Compared to this year, we've basically been in very similar lockdowns. Like we've had a similar situation. If anything, it's been worse because New South Wales came to our party. So now a lot more of us were inside than last year. Mm-hmm. And our sales have been phenomenal. Every time I catch up with a friend, they're saying to me, oh, shame, how's your business doing? It must be so hard. And I know how many businesses did it so tough this year. Tubes boomed through 2021. And it's because even though people still had nowhere to go, they were excited about supporting something that made them feel good. Like it was a purchase that if they were sitting at home, they could still feel a little pep in their step about, not because they were getting a new pair of shoes, maybe that, but also because they were supporting something that was vegan, something that had the environment at the heart, also female entrepreneurs also supporting small, like all these reasons to be happy about your purchase that kept them buying rather than last year when we didn't have the environmental focus and we saw nothing. Mm. And they're not just buying more and spending more. It's actually that their brand loyalty has skyrocketed and everybody who buys tubes now is a tubes ambassador. They're so excited and proud to be wearing these shoes because these shoes are a representative of what they stand for. So when our customers are now sharing tubes, they're going out and they're sharing our messaging with people. They're spreading the word. The, our word of mouth has increased like crazy. So there really hasn't been a downside. The only downside is we're trying to actually be environmentally conscious in our messaging. And part of that is making sure that people are aware that they don't need to go out and buy heaps and heaps of shoes they just need to be thoughtful about the purchase, their purchases. And we're kind of holding people back. They're like, give me all of them. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. Let's yeah. be conscious about our purchasing. Mm, interesting. So I presume then from what I'm hearing, particularly when Jess, you just talked about, you know, all the lockdowns, that the place you buy them is online only or both online and retail. Or tell us about that. Yeah, so we were in um, a few key retailers up until the beginning of 2020. So we were in Mm -hmm. David Jones, we were in the Iconic um, and a handful of boutiques that we felt like were aligned with us. And then 
as we were kind of going down this environmental rabbit hole, we kind of made the decision that being with retailers no longer made sense to us. Um, you know, they really encourage you to constantly be bringing out newness, which we had decided we didn't want to do. They also have requirements around discounting, which would now we do not. We no longer discount any of our um, any of our product. And more and more, the way that we were looking at it, it just didn't make sense for us to be with retailers anymore. I think that in the first few years of the brand, it was great because it helped us raise brand awareness and gave us clout, especially with David Jones, that, you know, people faces lit up when we said, oh, you're stopped in David Jones. Like that was the golden mm -hmm. ticket. Mm -hmm. But now Tubes is online only and it gives us full control over what we do with the brand. And I think in a time where, we don't trust that any retailer is doing enough for the environment. That's been really, really important to us. Mm. Have you tracked, Jess, where the buying's coming from? Is it domestic, Australia or overseas or...? Yeah, we're mostly based in Australia. We actually started to focus on the US just before COVID. We yeah. had um, we had actually, we're in the process of signing on with Bloomingdale's, which is a massive um, department store in the US and we were so excited. And then of course, March, 2020, it all fell through and we were so upset. But looking back, that was such a blessing because I think we still have so much growing to do here in Australia. Like if you look at our sales, we still ask you like about 40%, I think, now in Victoria, maybe a little bit smaller than it was last year as we've started to grow in other places. But yeah, we, we think we have a lot of work to do here in Australia still. Mm. So what are your um, what are your plans for the business? You know, do you do the three, five year, 10 year plan or are you still at that stage where you're working through the now and maybe some sort of future, but not too far out? Yeah, we have never been big long-term planners. Uh, I think we're vision and gut people. So we really go where we feel we need to go. And I think that being a small brand, we also have this special ability to be able to pivot when we need to, just like that, that amazing pivot that happened in 2020. Had we been a bigger brand, we might've been like, all right, we care about the environment. Let's create a 10 year plan and let's become environmentally focused till by 2030 meanwhile everybody else would all the smaller brands around us would have you know started to focus on the environment and and we would have missed that opportunity so it's something really special and something that as we do grow we really want to retain um we have like a vision for the next few years like we've just launched um men's men's shoes and shoes that can kind of fit all gender identities so we've gone genderless rather than being female only focused and the next step for us is working on a winter offering because at the moment we're only sandals and kids as well. We see a lot of opportunity to move into. But beyond that, we really want to allow for flexibility in our planning and, and to really be able to be responsive to the climate. And I think the last couple of years has shown us that things can change that quickly. And there's so much magic in our ability to respond to these things as they come up and we want to retain that as much as possible. Who designs your shoes? So I designed them up until about a year ago and I have no design experience. <laughs> so we always, Steph and I used to laugh internally and look at our shoes and say, 
they just don't really look like shoes, do they? They just always <laughs> had something about them that it was as if a footwear designer hadn't designed them. And shocker, it's because it, they hadn't. But we actually last year brought on this amazing designer. Her name's Kate Hinton. She's based in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And she's really excited about the environmental side. She actually works with lots of brands like from the UK on the high street. She's also from the UK. And she's so over that side of fashion and so excited by everything that Tubes is doing. Like anytime she finds a new fabric or she comes up with a new idea, she's so excited that we're just like super keen to run with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been so great to have her in our team. And now hopefully people will be looking at our newest collection and thinking, oh yeah, they look like they were designed by someone who knows what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that you've certainly wet people's appetite to see them. And so if you wanted to see what your creations look like, not Jess, not the ones that you've designed, but (laughs) your new designer has done, what's your website? Our website's tubes.com and there's a silent W in there. So it's T-W-O-O-B-S.com. Okay. Well, look, your story is great. I've got a thousand questions I'd like to ask you, but um, we I would love to ask you back because what you're showing me is an industry that a lot of people, particularly people of your generation, they're very aware of, you know, the need for, you know, the environment to be... Um, looked after, you know, to be where our custodians. Um, You've adapted a business to that need and obviously you've got a great passion for it. But I'd also like to hear more about the actual business behind it, you know, and you're both very honest and transparent, you know, and you've talked about, you know, even thinking about not, because these are questions that all business owners ask themselves, you know, like, what am I doing this for? Should I be doing it? Does this align with my values? And if you'd like to come back at some some stage next year, Jess, um, I'm sure that's the Switzer Jess, you know, the Tilly Jess. Um, Jess, I'm sure, would love to contact you. And um, let's hear more of your journey through your passion for this product that's grown into a business and the best to be able to help other women in particular, you know, to understand what it takes to get a business off the ground and then keep it running. A sustainable business so I throw that invitation over to both of you because I'd love to hear more because it's been interesting me for me watching the dialogue between the two of you it's obviously obvious from your faces which this is a, a podcast so we don't have the video but your faces say it all you know that you love what you're doing and it'd be interesting to hear how this evolves so if you want to come back there's the offer yeah. We'd love absolutely. To thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Always fun to chat to like-minded people, and yeah, super excited to be able to share our story. So thank you. Yeah, good. So um, let's make that happen. In the meantime, take good care of yourselves, both of you, and um, and all the very best with what you're doing with tubes. And I I look forward to hearing the next part of the story. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up to date with all of our content, follow us on Instagram at tilly.money. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music.